Alrighty. New setup. How are you feeling about it so far? I like it. What do you think? Well, I like this. I really like this Power Rangers spaceship design. Yep. So for anyone who's just listening to the audio, we've got some uh, some cool lights in the background. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should have guessed it. that, shouldn't you? Yeah. Obviously. Uh, yeah, no, look, it's not my job as a communicator that is professionally paid to communicate for to, pay, to paint a picture for you, you know? You're just supposed to use your own imagination, fill in the blanks. But what blanks they are to fill, you could not imagine something as scrumptious as this. They're triangles with different colors on them. <laughs> and uh, you're underselling them, they change colors. Yeah, they're great for kids and for people on psychedelics. That's what I was thinking. If a robot was on shrooms, they would dig this. So anyway, the point is, there's other things to be talking about here, and I don't even know if we're supposed to plug those lights, but um, there, there we go. That's half of a plug. We didn't tell people where you could get them. Sure, Nano Leaf, <laughs> they're called. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm in the process of actually uh, improving this setup as well, so I think over the coming weeks, it's going to look even better. Than the desk? No, the background. Oh, the plants? You're going to move the plants closer? I don't know if I'll move the plants closer, but yeah, I think let's I'll not go nuts. some more of... Yeah, no, that's too <laughs> More far. of these! Don't tell me to move my plants. <laughs> yeah. So maybe some more of these, maybe just some different... Just going to experiment with some different things, you know? Yeah? See, see how we go. Oh, you got... So your, more of these are coming your way, are they? Uh, maybe, maybe. Only time will tell. Exactly. Whatever your name is, company, whose name I forgot. Nanoleaf. Nanoleaf, that's the one. Very Great. memorable name. Um, yeah, so... I recommend enough. How, how, uh, what'd you do today? <sighs> that is a good question. Oh, okay, yes, no. You know what, I disassembled, and this, I think, will be a teaser, because we will be releasing this later on. But, uh, that interview that I did with Jody McKay, that was a mafia hit piece throughout the press. 2GB, uh just took like the little two second thing did the classic like i grabbed her sweet can her can her sweet 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 sweet, sweet can they did that to it to they, her or to you to her they didn't tell you where you could see the original piece and it was all a little power play it was all to say to jody mckay we're the only racket in town if you go to outside media sources this is what's going to happen to you what because- what portion of the interview did they use it was amazing it's just ben fordham chiming in saying i know they say politics is a dirty game but this is disgraceful and then it has a shot of uh jody mckay talking about the fact that gladys berejiklian's land clearing laws or lack thereof have resulted in new south wales clearing levels of land that are equivalent to you know brazil and the congo and shit and uh, backing up all the stats, you know, as soon as the Liberals got in power, 1,300% more land clearing. This has resulted in millions of animals dying and starving to death, defunding uh, National Parks and Wildlife Services. Millions more have starved to death as a result of that. The bushfires that she didn't plan for and defunded the RFS and the uh, National Parks and Wildlife Services so they couldn't backburn, all of that shit. Anyway, 40 minutes of outlining why it's okay to call Gladys Berejiklian a koala killer because that is factually what she is. They come in and just be like, yeah, so that's why, you know, she's killed koalas. And they're just like, you see, saying that she's a koala killer, that's below the belt. Disgusting. From 2GB, the uh, anti-snowflake patrol. Classic examples of what we were talking about with that. What was the name that we came up for them again? Uh, common common sense, sense balloons common or something. Common sense balloons or the common sense brigade. <laughs> yeah, the common sense brigade. Yeah. They are the common sense brigade. Um, you know, just facts over feelings. Got rid of all the facts in the interview and then just zoomed in on this one part that hurt their feelings. And then that became fucking national news. It was on Seven News and the Daily Mail started talking about it. It was in the Telegraph. That's how the media mafia in this country works. Do you think this will affect your chances of getting other politicians in into interviews no i think that what it does is actually shows politicians that yes for now they hold a monopoly on media but a new media is emerging and the numbers will one day on current trajectories compete with traditional media Right now, it's a war of attrition. They're basically saying to Jody, like, it doesn't matter what facts you bring up. If you don't bring them up on this outlet, we're just going to, you know, basically saying we still control the narrative. That's the message that they were giving. Sure. I mean, they're just 
probably preaching to the choir, aren't they? I, don't, I can't imagine that would change anyone's mind. On 2GB? Absolutely not. But here's the thing that scared me. That became 6 o'clock news. Ben Fordham's idiotic opinion was aired on the most viewed news show in the country. Channel 7 News gets the highest ratings and they reported his opinion. They didn't accredit it to being him, but they just basically worded it in a more newsy, neutral way, exactly what he was saying. This is how it works, right? Like, you know, when people say, I'm not reading the Murdoch press, I'm not reading the Australian. Yeah. Yeah, you don't read The Australian. I don't read The Australian. It says that it gets 100,000 readers. I'm highly surprised if it even has that. But what it does have, the main readers that it has, are the people that work at 2GB, are the people that work at the Sydney Morning Herald, the Telegraph, all the rest of the media read The Australian because it has the best access in the country and then they just get what is the news that day. They set the agenda of what is news. Hmm. which is, And that was a perfect example of that happening because 2GB also has that sort of power, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're setting the narrative. Mm. Mm. They are setting the narrative. Now, I don't think that there. You, you, look, it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. Even though I think the spectrum's bullshit, right? But, dude, an idiot like Ben Fordham, who is a former a current affair journalist being the arbiter of information in this country, I'm sure very few people would agree is a good thing. You know? <laughs> like, think about that. And a current affair journalist setting the narrative of this country. God help us. It's bleak. Yeah, look, I can't... Um, I was uh, in a movie with uh, Ben Fordham. <laughs> I, never, I never actually met the guy. Really? Um, no, because... Uh, <laughs> Holy shit. They, filmed, they filmed his part separately. Um, and he was very generous to the movie. So my experiences with him have... Well, my... Uh, I know, like I said, I've never had personal experiences with him. But uh, uh, my... Uh, my uh, He's probably a good guy. With like one or two degrees of separation. He um, seems like a good bloke. But look, uh, I'm sure if I had a long form interview with someone and, 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 and he cherry-picked uh, certain... Certain bits of that interview to to fit a narrative, I, I'd be uh, I'd be pretty pissed off as well. But Neil, look, I gotta I say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for putting you in that position. No, man. no, no. Look, that's, I don't actually know the guy. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I do find him more entertaining than Alan Jones. I will say uh, on on radio, but that might just be an age uh, an age uh, generational. Difference there. It is. I'll give him that. It's hard to tell what age Ben Fordham is. Is he forty or is he twenty? I don't know. That's a good question. I uh, I wouldn't know either. But um, well, <laughs> that was pretty intense. Look, man. If, if he is, uh, if he no, look uh, again. I'm I'm very neutral in this uh in this. Um, if if for whatever reason he does uh listen in or someone, <laughs> someone shows him this, what what uh what words would you have to say to him? No, it's pretty apparent what my views are of Ben Fordham. I think that he's just a, you know, corporate puppet that serves agribusiness and mining interests. But I will say this for you, Benny Boy. I like the fact you sort of look like an Aussie Sam Harris. That's, that's, that's the only... Look, I'll give you that bridge. You're a fairly handsome man, and what are your secrets to anti-aging? Okay. So strong words. Good on you. <laughs> strong words. <laughs> Thank you for being the medium, Neil. <laughs> Holy shit! Will, the John uh, Edwards of living media personalities. I will uh, gladly moderate a debate between between you and Ben if he's willing to uh, get on board with this new setup as well. Fine, but as but long I'm as we here. put in the contract that seventy percent of the time it has to be filming you and your reaction to the debate, and you just wiping sweat off your forehead. Sure, I'm an attention whore, so I'm more than happy cool to uh, to agree to those terms. Look, I'm pretty sure both of us would be as well. <laughs> Look, game on, Ben. Let's do this shit. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty fucked. Would you uh, just? Uh, yeah. I know you were you were planning on interviewing a former. Uh, you were planning on interviewing John Hewson. Is there anything in the works to actually interview someone from the 
from the Liberals or the Nationals? Because yeah. that, would, that would be really interesting. Yeah, I know. I've asked. I put the call out there. Berejiklian, John Barilaro, hit me up. Nothing. Oh, and also some hack from the IPA wanted to interview me. And then I started saying, like, you do realize, like, the next 60 minutes of it is just going to be me talking about how you're funded. And then it just said scene. The thing is, they can't argue. Look, it's not because I'm a brilliant arguer. I think I'm a particularly bad debater and interviewer. It's just that it's very hard when you get out of this narrative of sitting there and saying, you think Christine Keneally saying you should put Australians first is racist? No, I don't think it's racist. I think it is racist. I don't think it's racist. If you talk about anything of substance for a Mm. second, you don't have to be a brilliant debater. It's just, that's a fact. You're lying about it. Or do you agree with that? Why did you do it? That's pretty much the, the secret source. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, just uh, keep it because you're sliding to the side Jesus. of the frame there. Is there enough? Fuck there? all the trials and tribulations of this new setup. Yeah. We're First of all, used to it. yeah. Mm. Just when I was getting used Cut to not out, smacking though. your plants. <laughs> yeah. Look, um, we're making do in a very small, uh, constricted area. It is intimate, I will tell you that. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Our legs are uh, almost touching. It is very intimate. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I've got to say, it's pretty uncomfortable drawing attention to that. And there's nothing else you could do about it either. You I'm just going to have to stew this out for the next hour. I think what you brought up just then could be a good springboard into a topic that I wasn't actually planning to talk about, but would be uh, interested to get your thoughts on. Mm. What do you think about just the general concept of attempting to, to, to steel man your ideological opponents. Huh? So steel man? St- do you know that term? Steel no, man. what's steel you man? Know, so how they, you know straw man is yeah. like taking the worst possible yeah. interpretation of an argument yeah. and uh, using that to belittle um, your opponents. Steel manning is the opposite. So you try to think of the best possible interpretation or the most nuanced uh, version of their argument as possible. And then try to argue against that. Right. You know who does that a lot? Edward Snowden. You know what? Like, honestly, that is really admirable. I don't think anybody really... There'd be very few people on earth that would do that. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to argue, it really says nothing but positive volumes about your ability to argue if you're able to argue on their behalf better than they are and still win well you're not necessarily arguing on on their behalf but you're you're thinking about the best version of their argument so as to refine your argument as much as possible well i mean look that is i think what i do for a living I suppose that is the way that I construct scripts. On most of my political scripts, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about why are they doing that? Uh, what what possible answers would they have for that? And then you start picking them apart from there. So look, it's just a more honest way to do it. Mm. On top of that, though, look, I, I I think these phrases are kind of just nebulous, and I think that you, it's very easy for idiots to use them in a way that is incorrect you know for instance i'll do this all the time i will address someone's attack of what they're saying with a fact and then they will try and retreat to you're straw manning me that's not what i meant by that when it was but i think this steel manning concept is um i've never heard of it before but that's that's a that's a great tool to keep in your mind i think because it's not it's it's the it's the right way to think about this, right? Usually yeah. when you're thinking about these argument terms of logical fallacy, straw manning, you're basically just looking for little shitty weasel buzzwords to try and uh, usually back out of a point that you have clearly lost. That's usually when people sure. use like your logical fallacy and shit like that, right? They're not because if you actually could argue the point, if you actually could if someone actually was straw manning you, you could just very easily say, no, you're ignoring the facts that I'm bringing up, right? Yeah. But usually they just say, you're straw manning me. So it makes it seem like they've won something when they clearly haven't. 
Steel Manning, on the other hand, that's in their favor. So you're adding, it's just like running up a, a mountain with a backpack on, right? Like you're just making the task harder for yourself and getting all the gains. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You're making it harder for yourself in the short term, but then in the long term, you are coming up with the best possible argument. Yeah, short-term pain, long-term gain, baby. Yeah. It's a great training technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an awesome way to argue. Where did you hear this? Um, uh, Jonathan Haidt, I think. Uh, he has a book I, I mentioned on this podcast last year called The Coddling of the American Mind. Yeah. And... I think that's where I first heard the term, but he's a he's a fervent supporter of uh, trying to steel man your uh, your opponents. Yeah, it's a great idea. And then I find when you do actually steel man or uh, try to at least understand the intentions behind um, people who may ideologically disagree with you. It, detac- it detracts from the, the tribalism that you're otherwise uh, so prone to. Why so is that? in what we can see happening today with the cultural stuff is that one particular side says, if you don't think this way, you're, you're, it's not only that you disagree with uh, our ideology, you are, you are evil. So if you're not... Uh, passionately in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's not that you have an ideological disagreement. No, you are an evil human being. But they're not. They're clearly not steel manning the other side. I'm sure there'd be some people on the other side that are potentially bad actors and might just be genuinely racist. But there are a lot of people with uh, nuanced views about the exact political aims of, say, the Black Lives Matter movement and the whole uh, critical race, anti, uh, anti-racist anti movement. And there's just a complete lack of um, steel manning that goes on there. On uh, the Black Lives Matter side, where they're trying to attack... Look, you know what? With uh, Dave Chappelle's new stand-up, did you I, see it? No, I haven't actually seen that. Really? No. What everyone on earth had seen it by this point? I um, I've I've seen it advertised. Mm. Is it is it is it good? Well, it's not comedy. Yeah, <laughs> let's put it that way. I, it really uh, is his Nanette moment. Yeah, I sort of have a, had a feeling as to what it would be. I just don't know if uh, I don't know what I'd get out of it. But then again, maybe well, I'm that's the whole question. I need to actually see it and understand what he's trying to say. Well, I'm just, dude. I saw both. I am not a fan of Candace Owens, and I am a fan of Dave Chappelle's. Mm -hmm. The thing is, though, you can't bring a knife to a gunfight. There are some comedians that cross over into the political realm, and they are commentators as such. Your Bill Maher's, um, your Jon Stewart's, these people go in and out of it because that's their natural territory, right? Mm -hmm. They do that. Every time... uh, you know, someone like, I'm just trying to think of other examples apart from Dave Chappelle. You know, because like, all of them do it now. But you know how, like, all comedians basically got political all of a sudden? Your Sarah Silverman's, your fucking, that fat British guy that's the late night guy that should never talk about politics. Yeah. What's James Corden. That's right, yeah. That's not, that's not Dave Chappelle's natural hunting ground, right? And it was the same when he tried to comment about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. I just fast-forwarded. Please don't. You Mm. don't know what you're talking about. And I think it's the same thing with this. I'll defend his right when he's just, you know, making fun of transsexuals, end quote. And he's allowed to have his opinions on this because, as I'm always saying, they're comedians. They're allowed to comment on the zeitgeist. That is their job. Mm -hmm. But having said that, someone who is a professional political commentator is going to have more refined opinions than a comedian when it comes to political matters. Sure. And so he was just outing Candace Owens terribly. I'd have to you, you would objectively have to say badly. I'm not a fan of Candace Owens. I am a fan of Dave Chappelle, but because I, I I understand what Candace Owens' motive is. She's 
just a Koch brother funded puppet that pushes out these things. And But the thing is that, you know, on this issue, she brought up all the facts. Dave Chappelle just brought up a bunch of emotive stories of black people getting killed. But Candace Owens would counter that by saying that mm. more white people have been killed by cops. Um, you know, they commit more of the crime, all this kind of stuff. And if you were going to argue, this would be the steel manning side of Dave Chappelle, right? I'm guessing anyway. If you were going to argue that, you would argue it on the terms of economic opportunity. You wouldn't argue it on this racial thing of, no, nah, man, the cops are like targeting black people. When if you look at it statistically, they're not. Mm. And sorry, wait, how is that steel manning? No, you're then saying, okay, this is this is what he should have said. But steel manning his argument would be, okay, this is the best interpretation of his argument to give it the most um, the most value. Right. In okay. This, in this situation, it's just so hard because it's such a crap argument. It was just emotive crap. It was that thing of just like focus on this one tragedy. Isn't that sad? Yeah, I guess. But we're talking about statistics here. So I mean, look, I agree with you, but I guess uh, do you, do you think there's any uh, there's a there's a scale to the uh, to the effectiveness of an emotive argument in this situation. So the I'm try again. Like I'm trying to steal. I haven't even heard the <laughs> special, but yeah, I if I was trying to battle. steal, man, <sighs> that kind of emotional response, I would say uh, we can look at the statistics as much as possible. But there's a very real social social cost that comes with uh, being part of a particular identity that is either um, actively targeted by the police or other authority figures or is perceived to be targeted. Now, again, I don't, I don't agree with the argument, but I'm, I'm trying to just give the best interpretation of that argument as possible. Right. Because it's not as though they do that to anyone else. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> It's it's just it's more something I've um, tried to do, uh, even though I'm not necessarily a debater. But I, you know, I I I'll dip my toes in the water if um well definitely social commentary, but even political commentary here and there, and I really try as much as possible to uh to steel man people I do disagree with. But I do. It is hard sometimes. That's the, that's the issue. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Do you do you do you think when it comes to liberals, for example, what's your? If I said to you, okay, can you steel man the liberal in Australia, the 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 Liberal Party's ideology? What would be the the best interpretation of that ideology? That if you were extending the lengthiest olive branch possible. What, what would you say? I would say that they don't believe in a society. They believe in individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that they believe in personal freedom and that they try and regulate in accordance with that, that that is their philosophy. Um, fuck, it's so hard to do, though, because... You I mean, just, I'm just so many counter examples are running through my mind of them just legislating to protect massive, you know, uh, crony capitalist protection cabals of like certain industries that should have gone under and sure. like all of this shit. But I think that's look that first sentence you 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 said was was fair. I don't I don't see how um, anyone could necessarily disagree with that. But that's the thing, right? Like it's look that is how they see themselves, but the reality of the situation is that they don't. So if they were really regulating in accordance with that, look, a couple of great examples of that, straight off the top of the bat, why are they building more coal plants? Why are they putting government money into building coal plants? Why are they subsidising coal at $29 billion a year if they believe in the free market and individuals? That's a very good point. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know. You'd have to ask someone in the in the party because that does seem to completely go against their ethos. Well, Malcolm Turnbull was just talking about it in his autobiography, and he was just saying that they talk about all of this stuff, and because you know he is somebody who does believe in acting on climate change. Um, but you know when the rubber hits the road, and you even talk about it in economics 
pure economics, which is that you know, renewables offers free energy to the consumer. In fact, yeah. this consumer can sell energy to the grid and make money off it, which mm-hmm. means that the individual can become a trader of energy. And that creates a free market. A fr- like, you can't get any freer than a product that is free. So why do they come into his office and demand that they build another coal plant? I think it is just because at the end of the day, I, I like I, I sw- is it the donors? Yeah, of course it's donors, and it's this revolving. It's worse than donors actually. It's a revolving door. So it's like, are there any of the minor parties in Australia that also are uh, um, in in support of things like personal responsibility or uh, the free market that actually live up to those standards? So I'm just off the top of my bat the the Liberal Democrats mm. or the um, the uh, Cory Bernardi's party are they did are they more in line with the philosophy they um, say that they actually are yes. in favour of? Yes, they are. So, so if if a person was uh, if a person adopted those values and and said, "I want to vote for the party that best represents those values," they're actually better off voting for one of those parties. If you believe in individual freedom at all costs, which I strongly advise against, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> the Liberal Democrats would probably be your best bet. But uh, having said that, they do vote with the Liberal Party 90% of the time. Now, if you are voting with the Liberal Party 90% of the time, you are voting for a lot of subsidies just because they're less murky about their uh, philosophy because they're allowed to be because it's just one guy voting essentially in the Senate. It doesn't mean that they're free of this. And I think it's sure. just because it's just a, it's a flawed concept. Mm-hmm. But, <clears throat> yeah, look... If I was going to straw man an argument, I was just thinking about like the Adani coal mine the other day, right? Which is just, it's a coal mine that essentially, uh, if that happens, Australia's carbon budget in the UN is just kaput if that gets built. If you were going to argue it from the Liberal Party side, you would say that if, if we use taxpayer money to build this massive coal mine... We're building a bunch of infrastructure to that coal mine and developing the whole region with a bunch of rail, uh, docks, roads that will then spring forth areas for development for towns and trade and all this kind of stuff later on down the track. That's that's an example, I guess, of steel manning their argument. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think... Okay, no, that's. Uh, I guess I don't really have a any sort of rebuttal to that. Um, you clearly do think about the 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 best arguments of of the opponents. Um, I would I would encourage any listeners of this podcast to to try and do that because from what I can see on social media discourse and uh, just the culture scape in general, people don't seem to do that. No, um, and I'm not perf- I, I I'm not perfect with this either. And when it comes to Comedy, I think there's something to be said about create, you, you, you know, criticizing the flaws of a of a um, of a person or a group of people or an archetype, and you can't really steel man in that situation. If you want to point out the flaws and and satirize um, a particular ideology, you you almost do have to not not straw man necessarily, but you have to exaggerate. Yes, you definitely have to exaggerate. You have to be hyperbolic, um, particularly with the sort of content we do. But, but I would separate comedy from um, an argument. And, yes, an argument. And and I think the media does. I mean, look when if people are taking a a, a two minute segment from a one hour interview, which is what you did, or not even a two minute three segment, seconds, three seconds. There you go. They're clearly not. Um, they're not giving you the best. Um, they're not representing you in the best light at all. Well, or the the uh, or Jody. It's the entire design of it. They're not looking for the truth. They're looking to push an agenda that suits the powers that control that station. So it's completely against their interest to find what the best argument is. Mm-hmm. Again, that's it's about narrative pushing. It's 
something that I really think the Australian public and just the world in general really needs to get out of their mind, that the news is there to inform the public. It's not interested in the truth. I've This year, from watching your videos and um, reading certain books, I've never looked at the news, and not even just the news, uh, even authoritative sources on social media now i've just never looked at anything the same i always just ask the question all right where's the money coming from where's money coming from yeah it's definitely the way to do it yeah yeah it really makes you think about things differently yeah Hmm. no i definitely remember a time and it was through university because all they do is teach you the same things that now and it just tears me up inside that i see people on social media who think they're smart do i'm just constantly looking at like these ideologies and what does this ideology stand for and it's just the world doesn't operate like that we live in a system that is run by money so like the the way the analogy that chomsky always uses that i think is just so apt is if you were a vegan but you worked at a steakhouse, you're not going to be offering customers vegan alternatives. You're just going to be handing them the menu and saying, what cut of beef would you like? It doesn't matter that you're a vegan. It doesn't matter what your opinions are or whatever. You're hired by the steakhouse, so you're going to sell steak. So are the um, commentators in mainstream media... Is, is that where the analogy comes in? They're the ones working at the steakhouse, and even if they have opinions that are um different to what their employers would want them to talk about they just just by virtue of um keeping their job they can't actually articulate those opinions yeah okay that's the end of long and the short of it and that is why i think really why you uh isaac and i there's something that really sticks at our core about media in general and i really think it comes down to that like dude i don't really care if you honestly hold an opinion if someone has an opinion that is adverse to mine it it doesn't concern me at all what does concern me a lot is knowing that someone doesn't have that opinion and they're just pushing that opinion because their check relies on it how how do you know how can you tell uh if someone is being dishonest in that way. Like, how do you know what's going on in their mind where they might be talking about a particular viewpoint, but they're actually just faking it in order to get paid? It's just evident, isn't it? Like, it's evident that if you work for Sky News or you work for the ABC, you're going to have a certain narrative that you're going to push. And this is the thing that people always say, where they say that, like, oh, there was a survey that came out that 70% of... um, Uh, ABC journalists vote Labour and the Greens. That might be true, but it doesn't matter what they vote. Their their higher-ups, what they also forget about this survey is their higher-ups, as soon as it gets to management level, 60% of them vote Liberal. When it gets to the board, it's all Liberal members. They're all card-carrying Liberals on the board. They're the ones determining what the news is. And frankly, look, I don't have any sympathy for anyone that's in these news outlets. I just think that you're a bad person if you are lying to the public. Do you think that, but they're not, but if they're, hang on. So you said it's, it's, it's evident that people are lying and being disingenuous. How, I still don't understand how exactly you can be, be really sure of that because in their mind, they may be thinking that, no, this is actually what I believe in. Maybe. But look at Ben Fordham, for instance. Look at the way that he presented things when he was on the Today Show as opposed to him as he presents things on 2GP. He's completely shifted his viewpoint. I've n- I never watched him on either. Sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I don't even think you watched him in the movie that you were in. I did. Okay, all right. All right there you go, job. Shout out. <laughs> Tell a movie. Um, My best uh, acting role ever. What I was it? I played a surfer with no legs. Dude, yeah, it was great. Was that a comical role or was that dramatic? Uh, comical. Okay, comical, well, it could go yeah. either way, really. Um, 
Man, it was like a, on a very shoestring budget. Yeah? Yeah, and then the, the stunt doubles that were our surfers looked nothing like us. Are you kidding? It was so obvious. And they used it. Uh, so basically, it's loosely based off the uh, incident where Mick Fanning uh, was nearly attacked by a shark. And then there's this famous surfer who uh, punches a shark, becomes a hero. Then it turns out that he actually punched a dolphin. And everyone turns on him, <laughs> and they used a, you know, they used a fake dolphin. It was, it was great experience, and like shout out to Connor who did a marvelous job. But it, it is on stand if you want to go and watch it. It's called Head Above Water. Well, I didn't know about it, and look, I'm not just saying this to back you up on the podcast. I am checking that movie. Out. That sounds fucking. My good. acting is 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 uh pretty bad, but even better. Look. Um, <laughs> Check it out. Come see, on. You can see me in Speedos as well, but when I was much skinnier, let's just say that. But anyway, that was, that was, a, that was, a, that was a tangent that's very relevant to <laughs> that the was conversation that. Yeah. we're, we're <laughs> having. I, 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 think, I think a lot of uh, the problems, more so, look, I, I, I guess I occupy more like the cultural discourse space, but I think a lot of the problems that we're, we're seeing today with just the visceral hatred people have towards each other. I'm not saying they can be solved, but they can at least be um, minimized if people try to think of the, the, the best possible intentions and the best argument that their um, ideological opponents are trying to articulate. Because it's easier to just say, oh, this person is evil, this person's, you know an idiot and is brainwashed and in many cases that again that could be true but i just think it's very worthwhile it's a worthwhile exercise for you as well exactly it's in your interest yeah it refines your argument no you're you're totally right about it especially when i'm doing a, a real takedown response video one that takes me like a month to write where it's 40 minutes mm-hmm. that's the whole game Basically, you're having the debate in your head. So if they do respond when they almost invariably don't because you've thought through the argument more than they could be bothered to think through it. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, even if they do, the response is always from everybody that watched the debate just being like, no, he addressed that. You've thought through their points. Mm -hmm. And so after that, the argument's done. If somebody is coming into the argument and they're not completely, uh, you know, one of those people that just shuts down and refuses to cede any ground ever, unless you're versing one of those people, you can kind of just naturally lead them to your conclusions if you do what you're saying, which I, it's, it's actually a nice way. Usually I'm not a fan of nicknames. I like this one. Well, not nicknames, but phrases. Mm -hmm. I think this one actually, it does, it clarifies something very important in your head. Just like the other day when you were just talking about if you want to attack someone, you don't address them on the things that you would be offended by. You yeah. look at the language they're using and you use that language on them. Yeah. Because they, you're so right. Ever since you said that, I just see it everywhere. Everyone's argument, they're giving away how they're going to be offended in a <laughs> sentence. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so if, if, if you're, I'm just trying to think about Something that's passionate to you. So, you're, so if, if the people in media um, are just looking to have their get their check and get their nice cushy salary, if you're saying you're sellouts and you're just getting a, your salary, would that actually offend them? Would I it not know. be the case then that you say, you actually don't even make that much money? That might offend them more if they value money that much and Damn. status. I, you can always see it, can't you? Especially mm. with uh, big wig radio presenters. If you just say like, uh, you know, you're irrelevant or your numbers are going down or something like that. Yeah. You can, you can always see them visibly fire up at that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. They don't actually care about that. And look, I've seen interviews with Ben Fordham where he's just outright said that. You know, they'll just be like, you know, your background is working in a current affair and 2GB. These are just like, bottom of the rung news outlets how do you feel about that and he'll just be like man they give you some good skills training give you a lot of opportunities that's great he sees it as just being like a plumber he that's so that's yeah if you're going to sit there and say you are trash journalism and stuff like that he's going to interpret that as a good thing 
I don't know how you would attack someone like that. I don't know how you attack people. But, but I think it is something about that. Like, if you... I mean, I can't really talk because I'm in exactly the same position and so are you. But, you know, if you're putting yourself out there on a daily basis being like, listen to me. Yeah. A really, a, a almost 90% guarantee is that if you say you're irrelevant, they're going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That would even hurt me. <laughs> it would fucking hurt. You're not funny anymore, Neil. I remember I got, yeah. got a tweet last year someone saying... Man, I miss Neil Cole Hatker's videos. I wish it was 2014 again. Oh, it's like, whoa. That stung. Yeah, that that is a brutal that one. That stung a little bit. Look, I think I've done uh, a lot of work on my uh, ego. So uh, didn't, didn't hurt me too <laughs> much. place now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be a way to attack me. Like, oh, you're not even that mindful. Fuck you guys. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm enlightened as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude like yeah you're so right it's just whatever you're focusing on at that time if you just say like you're not even good at that skill yeah in fact actually you know that uh don't start a podcast video i just released yeah i just said that i just said like uh it was just paying out all of the people in it yeah. fitzy responded and he was just like it's just so hurtful so it does work <laughs> it definitely works just being like Damn. dude you suck um, it's a very easy way to attack someone who's an entertainer's ego yeah, because ultimately, what especially the ones who aren't uh, just political commentators, if they're, you know, yeah, they're not used to the argy bargy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're musicians or comedians that have then that then dabble into in serious issues, if you just say, yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah, saying you're irrelevant or just <laughs> viciously attacking them. <laughs> yeah, because they're artists. Whereas politicians, I'm sure, are used to those sorts of attacks. Yeah, I, I wonder how you, you Well, their entire life is just some of the... You don't have much power. I don't know. That's what they value, right? <laughs> Influence, power, change. Your, your, uh, you, your vision is just stock standard. I don't know. No, it could actually... Well, okay, that was definitely the way... Every uh, Malcolm Turnbull would always flare up in Parliament when the Labour Party would get up and say that... Um, your cabinet is undermining you and they don't like you and your days are numbered. That's when yeah. they get really pissed off. Mm. So it is that, obviously, because they've spent their entire lives wanting to be in that position. And if you say, you know, like, you've only got, you know, choppity chop chop, you're next. Yeah, you know? yeah definitely. But yeah, yeah this, okay. uh, this I, dude, that is a great, that is a great tool for people to remember if they want to get better at arguing. And you know what else as well is cool about it? It'll give you a much more subtle and accurate view. You would be more correct in the process of doing it. Yeah. Because you'd see the weaknesses in your points. That's exactly it. So I'm just trying to think of some people I might um, have disagreements with. I've, I've made content about social justice warriors, even though, again, like we said... 2019 we always thought okay the social the whole so social weird. justice movement is on the decline and now it's just back Exploded. bigger than ever but in trying to steel man their argument um there are there are first of all there's a huge history that we need to take into account um trauma can be intergenerational that, that that's correct they're not wrong in that sense and um it can't truly be a meritocracy and just about you know your actions as an individual when you are treated differently if you are part of a oppressed or a minority group and even if you're not sort of directly being oppressed in an authoritarian way the the pervasive culture will oppress you in some form of another so yeah i've thought about what the like you know best version of their argument is Still would disagree with it, <laughs> but but it's a no. It's like it's a noble argument then. And then suddenly, I when I think about that, I have much more respect for them rather than the straw man of their argument, which is, oh, you're just offended at everything and you're a snowflake. <laughs> but the, <laughs> so even just saying that, that just makes me think so much less of them when I when I say, oh, you're just you're just a little bitch and you're offended at everything. 
versus you have this really complex, um, this sort of complex, uh, complex understanding of the way society and culture and and various groups and identities intersect and the way they're perceived by the culture and by the media and the whole systems we have in place. So it is a look. It it it's a valid argument. I don't think. Um, I think it's it's very fun to just uh, destroy SJWs when you can. But it is. one, I don't think that convinces them or changes their mind. Um, it just sort of energizes people who are already against them. But I was thinking about this just uh, just the other day, right? You, I'm sure you know about the 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 concept of accelerating capitalism to the point where it just breaks apart the whole society and that's when um either socialism or a you know democratic form of socialism can come into play Mm. so i was thinking i i think you could almost take a, a similar sort of concept and apply it to what you could call woke culture so rather than trying to fight against woke culture i i think just accelerate it let it happen because they get so extreme that they just tear the ideology apart. So there's no point fighting against it and saying, look, you're not looking at statistics. Let it... Ha- you know what? Platform the most extreme voices. That's the way to... Because then people start to realise, oh, hang on a minute, this is actually extremist and very irrational. But if you're coming from it, uh, if you're coming, if you're coming at them from a place of... Look, this is reason. This is logic. Let me let me try to influence your opinion that way. No, look, people who are in this mindset think that they are on the side of good and you are on the side of evil. So there's nothing you can say to really retort against that. The only, I, the most effective way of getting people out of that kind of mindset is for them to be attacked by the the Puritans on their own side. That's very true. And so the way to do that is to just. So I'm coining, you know, I said, I know it's not really identical to what I said two podcasts ago, but I said I want to coin a, a term that is then used in, in discourse. Um, woke accelerationism. Or what, <laughs> what can you call it? Like, <laughs> What's the exact term for that? Accelerationism. But what's the, is it just accelerationism when, it, when people talk about allowing capitalism to just... I assume that's the word. Is it just accelerationism? Whatever it is. Yeah. I want to uh, co-op that and and just use it for the the, the um, authoritarian culture and 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 just woke accelerationism or whatever. I think. Look, let's woke let's accelerationism. This is nice. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. So um, woke accelerationism. Oh, okay, we can't do another podcast of sitting here thinking like, well, what's a bit? Oh, I don't know. You guys decide. Do People like that podcast though. So did I, they? I got I got a few messages saying. Uh, giving me some ideas for terms well again you guys actually did come up because i looked at the ones under your channel and a lot of them were funny yeah common sense common sense brigade is still common sense brigade's great but that's the the funny thing is we made that podcast before all this just re-emerged and now i feel like there is a lack of common sense in at least the the (laughs) cultural discourse so how things change um but anyway i'm coining the term woke accelerationism yeah, and for I everyone like who is uh, against uh, woke culture or just wants to see nuance in the in 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 the current cultural discourse, you should probably just shut your mouth. Yeah, let it let it go ahead. Let people silently sit there. More power to you. Exactly. Yeah. Let them go um, undisturbed. Just they will dig their own grave. I'm a firm believer of that. I think you probably look. It's the concept of a witch hunt. That's what happened in the Salem trials. It's just yeah. the, the the hysteria of hunting witches got to a point where it was so ludicrous that society kind of just embarrassingly and quietly stopped it. Even though it was still law mm. that you had to burn witches, just everyone, the society in general kind of just went, nah, we're not going to do that anymore. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there was like one witch burning where where people finally realised there was, there was uh, just, oh, look, that lady has a bung eye. Let's burn her. She's a witch. Yeah. Oh, let, don't you think you're taking uh, this yeah. <laughs> Nah, let's not. Yeah, okay, let's not. Yeah. That's pretty much what happened, man. I think you're probably right. Look, th- that's definitely what happened in the 2016 period. I understand that there was a 
just a whole internet backlash to it mm-hmm. that sort of started attacking it. But I, I think, yeah, you're right. The majority of people started moving away from that fault line when it just got into that witch hunt mode of just like, you know, they're all racist. It was like, <laughs> yeah. And then they were just like, and you're racist. And it was like, wait, I don't like this. Yeah, exactly. And people just started moving away from it. Yeah, when you when you go from the being the the crusader against racism to suddenly being the victim, crucified, you start to realize, oh wow, this is a, this is a toxic cult. <laughs> so anyway, woke accelerationism. Try to get that out there in whatever subreddit you people spend your time on. <laughs> You know what I think? And on Twitter. Uh, I'm pretty sure that 4chan has, if they don't have a term, they they would definitely have a term for it because it's 4chan. Yeah. But I think that that's what they spend a lot of their time doing is going on threads and just, you know, saying the most obscene shit they possibly can to try and get that kind of uh, reaction going of just being like, yeah, you're a transsexual black lesbian, but... You're not a transsexual black lesbian who has pansexual tendencies, so can you really comment on that? You know, they do those kind of things. It's the most effective weapon we have. Well, it's, I've got to say, it's definitely up there in the arsenal. Hmm. That's, I think, I think you're really onto something here, Neil. And yes, I, I back it. I back the comment. Again, if you guys have a funnier term for it, Chuck it in the comments. Purely, even if we don't end up adopting it, just for my own personal amusement, because you guys made me laugh. And isn't that the best gift of all? I loved heaps of the phrases they came with. I can't remember. Right, any I haven't of it, even yeah, it was looked great. at the comments, but I'll have to. Uh... You have a check out of that, and I'll look at you pretending to be a legless surfer. We'll all have yeah. a laugh. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I think we. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say on. I don't know what this podcast covered we talked about steel manning yeah steel manning that's right and then woke accelerationism i know i've got nothing else to say except candace owens is hot i guess we'll finish on that yeah she is a a solid eight that's what i'm giving her (laughs) and again she wasn't wrong everything she said was factual on on that issue well there's no uh Dave Chappelle certainly didn't give it any counter-argument at all except for to say that her pussy stinks, maybe. Is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> and look, granted, it was a great joke, but... I've got to watch this. It was the only joke in 23 minutes of it or whatever it was. Yeah. All right, well, um, subscribe. Hope you like the new the new setup. It's a work in progress. We're going to work. We're going to improve on it. Yeah. If you're just listening to the audio, check it out on my YouTube channel. There's a... There's a slightly new setup, and, and and all I mean by that is there's just like a corner that's covered in, in triangle lights, <laughs> <laughs> and we have. No, and sort of, it's not even really in camera frame. Yeah, we have robot arms now, and which has been in front of his face the whole time as well. Yeah, we probably so we should have done something about that. We need to work well, on problem that one. Solved. There we go. <laughs> Tune in next week you for the new, his, new and improved podcast. His beautiful model face next week. <laughs> yeah, now with faces. All right, all right. Thanks, guys. See you, gang.